0: Let's wrap up our AL East Farm System previews with the Boston Red Sox. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsay Crosby. Baseball writer and podcaster, thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, and as we've been doing all week this week, we're, we're looking at the AL East Farm Systems, wrapping it up with the Boston Red Sox. 78-84 and 84 last year, and have had an interesting offseason. Uh, re-sign Rafael Devers, which is great long-term extension, but Xander Bogarts walks in free agency, goes to San Diego. Uh, comes out Trevor Story has to have elbow surgery and is going to be out for a good portion of 2023. Uh, But you turn around and you sign Matsutaka Yoshida to play left field. Just an interesting, probably not the way you draw up this offseason, right? But looking at uh, some of the top prospects, you have a couple, like a guy who's going to be able to help you right away in 2023, and then a couple other players that a little farther away. So, Number one prospect in the system and a guy that uh, scouts front office people, people inside the organization are very, very excited about is shortstop Marcelo Meyer, 2021 first rounder out of high school and really an interesting scenario. So 6'3", 188 as far as size. I think he has a little bit of, of physical development left in there still, but there could be some issue with that because when you look at what he does, he's got 55s and 60s across the board for everywhere except for speed. He's already at a 40 speed. And so every all the conversation about him sticking at shortstop and all the things that he does well at shortstop are kind of couched in the language of despite his range not being as great and despite his foot speed not being as great. So last year, 91 games in the minors. He got a right wrist strain, so didn't get a full season in, but got 91 games between low A Salem and high A Greenville. 280, 399, 489. 13 home runs, 45 extra base hits, again, in 91 games. So like one every other game. 68 walks to 107 strikeouts and a perfect 17 to 17 on stolen bases which i know discussing below average foot speed and then saying perfect record on stolen bases doesn't seem to mesh but you have to remember some of the pickoff restrictions and things like that that were in place in the lower levels of the minors uh, it's not necessarily as difficult to steal as it is in the big leagues but look okay so let's let's look at what he does well uh lefty swing and it is absolutely Gorgeous. It is a beautiful swing. I mean, you you could put this in a video. I could see Fred McGriff introducing a video of this swing right now. Uh, Very good at adjusting to get a pitch no matter where it is in the strike zone and does a really good job at putting the ball in the air to left field, which obviously in Boston is kind of a big deal because anything you hit off the monster is pretty much an automatic double, right? Uh, and then, when he does pull a ball, it's a tank, and so I see a scenario where Marcelo Meyer, when he finally gets to Boston, can be a guy that hits a bunch of doubles, you know, whether it's high off the high off the monster in the alley, things like that, and then gets you twenty plus home runs, a lot of those being pulled just inside the pesky pole down the down the you know the the short distance down the right field line. Sick walk rate, about 16%, which you like that. Strikeout rate, about 25%. A lot of those strikeouts come because of swing and miss on pitches below the zone. A little bit higher than you'd like. Obviously, you want to give him a little bit of time to get back through that. And some of that was, started off slow in high A Greenville. First 20 games, he batted like right around 200. And then after that, it was something nuts, like 452, 553, 710 to close it out. Uh, the walk rate is good because he has good pitch recognition and good swing decision. So he's not doing a lot of chase out of the zone, but when he is going for lower pitches, he's swinging and missing. Part of that is the longer levers being 6'3. Part of that is just a little bit of youth in the, uh, youth and, inexperienced with some of these professional pitches, especially your vertical breaking pitches, uh, knowing exactly what they're going to do. Again, the, the, the foot speed gives you a little bit of concern about will he outgrow shortstop or not. As of now, the clock is really good. The instincts, uh, timing, the hands, the arm, plus arm, accurate. All of that stuff leads you to think, especially with no shifts in place, that, he has a chance of sticking it short, but I do like him better as a plus fielder at third base versus some sort of average to above average at short. Number two prospect in the system, and a guy that you're going to see in the bigs this year, is Tristan Cassis, 2018 first rounder out of high school, and he is a big boy. 6'5", 245. But... The thing here is got 72 games in AAA last year, 273, 382, 481, 11 home runs, 32 extra base hits, 46 walks to 68 strikeouts, no stolen bases. Uh, Got a little bit of time to close the year in the bigs. Batting average wasn't great, right? So 27 games batted 197, but even despite the batting average being so low on base of 358, Slugging a 408, five home runs, six total extra base hits, 19 walks to 23 strikeouts, and one of one on stolen bases. So, the thing to know about the offense of Tristan Cassis is he can generate some pretty good bat speed because he's got those long levers. He has a very unique approach. I'm not say unique, but uh, not typical approach to batting where he focuses on getting on base. And so you'll see a lot of stuff where two strikes, you'll see his stance get wider, you'll see him choke up on the bat a lot, stand a little more upright in the box, and looking to make contact and get on base versus always going for a home run. Not a three true outcomes guy, just has a very good plate discipline, doesn't chase a bunch, doesn't run a lot. And you saw like even in the bigs, 20% walk rate. And the power was real, both uh, pulled and opposite field. Being a lefty, obviously his power, you know, he he can put power both on the short porch and right as well as towards the monster and left, but showed power to all fields. Uh, I am a little worried about platooning, about are you going to have to platoon him against a lefty, Uh, but some of his at-bats later in the year in the bigs uh, weren't that bad as far as like the actual mechanics of the at-bat versus lefty. So I think there's some potential there. Uh, speed is pretty low, probably a 30 on the scale, but he can do all of the stuff you need to do at first base. He can make the picks. Uh, he's got a good enough arm to, to get the ball to second for a double play. Things like that. So I think he's going to end up being an average to above average first baseman. But the big thing to know about this, offensively, a guy who's going to just pepper the monster with doubles and home runs for a while. And again, I think you'll see him pretty early this year uh, at in the bigs. Number three prospect in this system, outfielder Sedane Raffaella. A guy that stock blew up this year, right? So was signed 2017 as an IFA out of Curacao stands about 5'9", 155", 160. So a little bit of a smaller guy but they moved him from shortstop to center field and then made some mechanical tweaks in 2021. And he absolutely exploded on the scene. So 116 games between high A and double A, 299, 342, 539, 21 home runs, 63 extra base hits, including a ridiculous 10 triples, 26 walks to 113 strikeouts, and went 28 to 35 on stolen bases. Defensively, I think he's probably a 70-grade defender in center field. He's a plus defender at shortstop. You can plug him in at shortstop and get plus defense. But I think he's a 70-grade defender in center field. The arm is plus. He gets really good jumps. The reads, routes, reactions are just phenomenal on Zidane Raphael. It's very impressive to watch. Offensively, it's a, very, it's a very aggressive approach. He's up there to swing. He's up there to make contact and get on base. Now he's not going to walk a ton, but he's got very good hand-eye coordination and he makes contact with a lot of balls. That's why you saw the batting average at 299, but the on base at only 342. He's not really here to walk, but he's so good at making contact that even if it's a bad ball, he can get contact with it and he's got enough speed to beat it out and get on base. Uh, I would like to see the swing decisions get a little bit better so he can find something that he can barrel versus just uh, making contact on a somewhat suboptimal pitch to hit. But in the meantime, I still think he's got at least average power, especially out, and out of that size of a frame. You love that. And so the future for Saldane Raffaella, because the defense is so good, it gives him a high floor of a... Center, a defensively oriented center fielder or a super utility guy who can play center as well as short and by extension second and third. But again, if you a little bit more disciplined when it comes to pitch selection and uh, pitch discernment and swing decisions, you could see a guy being above average. You could see him being above average regular everyday player. Fourth prospect in the system. Uh, really interesting, really hard to evaluate as of yet. Outfielder Miguel Blyce, 2021 IFA was the star of the 2021 international free agency class for the Red Sox. And got 40 games in the Florida Complex League. 301, 353, 542. Five home runs, 23 extra base hits, 10 walks to 45 strikeouts, and 18 of 21 on stolen bases. So it's kind of hard to figure out where the floor is, right? Because he's so far away from the big leagues. But the ceiling is ridiculous, right? The power is somewhere between plus and double plus. I probably is 65. The speed is plus. The defense in center field, he's one of those guys that just kind of like effortlessly glides through the outfield. The arm is plus. But the question is going to be how much can he hit? Strikeout rate was about 27%. A lot of that was because he would swing and miss at breaking balls, both in the zone and out of the zone, walk rate was pretty low, like 6%. So we're looking at a scenario where you have to figure out exactly where you can teach him the discipline. Is this something he's going to pick up as he sees professional pitchers? Or is this just kind of who he is? We don't quite know that yet. Until we know that, we don't really know where the floor is. The ceiling is hard to see because it's so high. I mean, he could absolutely be an all-star. He could be, he has the raw tools to potentially be the next Fernando Tatis or Ronald Acuna. It's just a question of what's the floor and what's a realistic expectation for him. We won't know until we see him with something more than just 40 games in the complex league. In just a minute, I want to get to the state of the pitching in this system. I think there's uh, some interesting decisions to be made here by the Red Sox. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Uh, pro football, obviously, today starts the NFL play- NFL playoffs. It is Super Wildcard Weekend. We've got games today. We've got games tomorrow. We've got games on Monday. Uh, we just saw the wrap-up of the college bowl season. Congratulations again to the Georgia Bulldogs on their back-to-back uh, college football championships. Basketball, we have NBA, we have college going hot and heavy right now. They've got everything at BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so the state of pitching in this system when you look at guys in this system who could potentially be a top of the rotation option, you graduated Brian Bello out of the system. He's no longer a prospect. He got 57 and a third innings last year in the Bigs, two and eight record, 471 ERA, 27 walks to 55 strikeouts, so 8.6 per nine on strikeouts to 4.2 on walks, and has a lot of tools. And a ceiling of you know mid rotation may be better if he improves the fastball command and things like that. Once you get past him, it's hard to see a bunch of guys that you could picture in the top half of a rotation. And I think one of the main reasons here for this is you just haven't really seen the Red Sox prioritize pitching, and and it's it's not. I don't mean this as a criticism, but whether it is international free agents, whether it is MLB free agents, whether it's via trade, whether it's in the draft, they haven't really put a lot of emphasis on what is the cost of acquiring a top tier pitching prospect. Uh, they haven't used one of the top one of their top two draft picks on a pitcher since 2017. Um, I I want to say in the last 3 drafts they went over slot for a pitcher one time at the trade deadline they they got 8 players at the trade deadline it was one pitcher and seven hitters and so it just feels like heim bloom and, and and company understand that you can get pitchers from all over right you can get guys from outside the top 5 rounds you can find promising prospects who are undervalued and get them in a deal But they're not necessarily willing to spend the capital required to get top-tier pitching prospects, whether in the draft, whether in a national free agency, in a trade, or in MLB free agency. And so because of that, I think you're going to come up on an inflection point soon with this system where you're going to have to move some of these numerous middle infield prospects that you have to get some arms. Whether it's prospect arms that you then develop or it's multiple of these higher rated infield prospects to get a, 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 an MLB pitching piece. They're going to have to make some moves because there's not a ton of guys in this system that I can really look at and say, yeah, this guy absolutely has a chance of being you know, top half of a rotation guy. Uh, Winkleman Gonzalez is probably the closest to that. And even that, I'm not necessarily sure. So 2018 IFA got 25 games in last year between low A and high A. 4-2-1 ERA in 98 and a third innings, 121 strikeouts. So 11.1 per nine to 54 walks, about 4.9 per nine. Two home runs allowed. Some stuff that you like here, uh, throws a ton of strikes and then Has three pitches that I think are above average or better, and like you look at the fastball, fastball sits ninety three to ninety four, comes tops out around ninety seven. I think it is an above average pitch. Uh, Pairs well with the changeup though, which absolutely is a plus pitch. Disguises really well off of the fastball gets in on hitters and kind of surprises them and then has a a curveball, little inconsistent, it's more of a horizontal breaker, but it has some good depth to it and it has plenty of sweep. I think it's an above average pitch. But if you've listened to this show and you've listened to us talk about pitchers, one plus and two above average pitchers is not a top half of the rotation option. So like even a guy like him who seems like he's promising, you have to kind of project out more growth, more improvement, to see a possibility of hitting a top half of the rotation guy. Uh, So it's just, it's an interesting scenario. Again, I do think you have to make a decision at some point in time, when do you start moving out prospects to acquire pitching? Because even if at this point, even if you go out and you draft pitching, or if you get pitching via IFA, you're not, it's going to take them too long to get to the picks. In just a minute, I want to get to some superlatives for this system. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and the calories, you've got to try a Bilt Bar. We just got through the holidays. My goal has been eat a little healthier, be a little more physically active. And if you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, Bilt Bar is the thing for you. All Bilt Bars are covered 100% real chocolate. The flavors are fantastic. I love the churro. It's my favorite. Peanut butter brownie is right up there with it. I love both of those flavors. They got other flavors cookies and cream, coconut puff, coconut almond, things like that. And I'm not really sure how this works, but these things taste good. They taste like candy bars, but they're good for you. All built bars are only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And you don't have to go to built.com and wait for shipping to get a box. You can go to Walmart or Sam's Club. So go to Walmart, go walk to the pharmacy section, and get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, of double chocolate, or of coconut puff. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box of brownie batter and churro. So Walmart, Uh, Walmart, four-bar box, Sam's Club, 13-bar box, everything else is at Built.com. Okay, so some superlatives for this system. The first one is guys with, with a very good power tool, but a questionable hit tool. The choice here, first baseman Nico Cavadas, 2021 11th rounder out of Notre Dame. He hit so well in the lower minor. So in 2022, for a whole 120 games, 280, 443, 547, 26 home runs, 52 extra base hits. This is wild. Okay. Reminder: 120 games, okay? 102 walks to 152 strikeouts. So over a hundred walks in 120 games, but over 150 strikeouts in 120 games. One for two on stolen bases. And a lot of these numbers kind of skewed when he got to double A Portland. He got 24 games in double A Portland. And it was like 222, 370, 333, two home runs and five extra base hits, 16 walks to 40 strikeouts. So plus power, that is, I mean, somewhere 60, 65 grades, something like that. Very good swing decisions. Obviously, you can tell over 100 walks, he's good at getting on base. Uh, The issues here is the contact ability. I don't think the hit tools any better than maybe 45 or so. Uh, and the the exit velocities, like the, the the raw power, isn't like it's a seventy grade raw power. It's it's good. I mean, it's significantly above average, but it's not like elite or double plus or anything like that. He's just very good at making solid contact, like making like just having like getting an optimal swing for that pitch and putting as much on it as he can muster, and so. I think this, he's very much going to be a three true outcomes kind of player. He's either going to walk or strike out or hit a home run. That is going to be what Nico Cavadas does. And he's going to have to do that because defensively he's limited to first base and we talked about earlier Tristan Cassis is going to be your first baseman at some point in time in 2023. And so he's going to have to be uh, an, an on-base and hitting machine to get D.H., run because your first base is taken up by a top 100 prospect in all of baseball for the next decade. Uh, The breakout pitcher in this system, the guy that I like for this, Luis Perales. 2019 IFA, got 13 games in last year between rookie ball and low A. So we're projecting a bit because rookie ball's a little bit different. But at age 19, 11 starts, 177 ERA in 35 and two thirds innings. 50 strikeouts, so 12.6 per nine, to 20 walks, five walks per nine. Not great. One home run allowed. A uh, couple things to know about here is one, the team was managing his innings. So they limited him to three innings per start. And that's part of the reason why you see 14 games, 12 of those being starts, 35 and two thirds innings. But Uh, The actual stuff, I like this stuff. The fastball is a plus fastball. Sits somewhere between 95 and 98. He can touch 99, probably 100 with it after this fall. Does really well up in the zone. The curveball is a plus pitch as well. Sits around the mid 80s. And then the changeup is above average in the middle to upper 80s. So you've got three different speeds. Upper 90s, upper 80s, middle 80s. You've got three different movements on the fastball, the curveball, and the change. Uh, he can throw all of them for strikes. They all miss bats. They're all good pitches. And so you combine all of this up, and you have a guy who, if he can get a little more consistency with his delivery to keep the command, I think it's part of the reason you see the walks get so high, and some of that was 11 walks and 10 innings in Salem and low A. But if, if, if you can work on the delivery and the consistency of the delivery, and then do the physical development to show that you can handle the workload because they've had you on innings restrictions, and he's only 6'1", 170 right now, so you've got room to do that, then I absolutely like Luis Perales as a guy who can break out this year and get, at the end of last year, he, a lot of places didn't even have him in the top 30. I think he should probably be in the top half of the top 30. So a top 15 prospect in this system. And my predictions by the end of the year, provided he stays healthy, you'll see that. Speaking of being healthy, the guy who needs to stay healthy, to me, is Brandon Walter. So 2019, 26th rounder out of Delaware. And the thing here, the issue here is, he had Tommy John in college. And so part of the reason why he lasted until the 26th round from Delaware. And then last year got cut short because of a bulging cervical disc. That came up in July. And so he's 25 years old. He'll oh, correction, He's 26 years old. And he has a career 180 innings in the bigs because 2019 obviously didn't get a lot of stuff in after the draft, lost 2020, and then had a limited 2022. So he needs reps. He needs to stay healthy to get innings. But last year, In 11 games, started in 57 and two thirds innings before he got knocked out of the rotation there in Worcester uh, with the 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 neck injury. Three five nine ERA, 75 strikeouts, so 11.7 per nine to seven walks, 1.1 walk per nine. Just ridiculous numbers. 50 innings at Double A Portland, 68 strikeouts to three walks. I mean, the stuff is there and. For a lefty, the, the, the actual tools aren't that ne- like necessarily that impressive in a vacuum. So the two-seamer sits around 90, can touch 94. It had better velo in 21 than it did in 22. So I'm curious to see if the injury affected that or what it may have been. But really, really effective down in the zone. Gets tons of grounders, tons of swings and misses, guys rolling over it. The slider is a 70-grade slider tons of sweep it can literally if you like it can start in your batter's box and finish in the other batter's box we're talking like more than a foot of horizontal break it is a phenomenal slider change up above average good depth to it good fade to it provided he can stay healthy and then especially if some of the rotation if some of the velocity comes back as he gets away from that injury I could absolutely see Brandon Walter being a guy that is able to contribute to you or you in Boston this year. A lot of teams like to know that they have a good 9 or 10 or 11 guys that can take starts during the regular season. Brandon Walter, to me, looks like he could do that. But again, 180 career innings. He's 26 years old. We just don't know can he handle a starter's workload because he's had such limited time and hasn't had a full season other than 2021, where he still didn't break 100 innings. Fantastic week this week. A uh, reminder if you have questions for the mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can email us, locked on at gmail.com, or drop your questions in the Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description, link is in the show notes. Just a community of baseball fans talking all things minor league baseball, farm systems, robo ops, trading cards, all of that kind of stuff. Enjoy your weekend, and until Monday, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.